0: Glioblastoma is a devastating and fatal brain cancer that progresses rapidly. Median time from diagnosis to death is 12 to 15 months. In recurrent cases, treatment consists of both symptomatic and palliative therapies, but the disease remains fatal. VBL Therapeutics is developing a targeted anti-cancer gene-based therapy that is in late-stage testing for recurrent glioblastoma. We spoke to Jor Haratz, CEO of VBL, about the therapy how it works, and why it might be useful in treating a variety of cancers. Jor, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you, Daniel.
0: We're going to talk about an aggressive form of brain cancer known as glioblastoma multiform, VBL Therapeutics' novel experimental therapy that's in late-stage development to treat it, and It's potential to treat a broader range of cancers. Let's start with the disease itself, though. What is glioblastoma? How common is it? And and how does it progress?
1: So glioblastoma is the most aggressive uh, uh, malignant brain tumor, and actually it's the most uh, common malignant brain tumor. And although it's an orphan disease, yet it's actually been diagnosed in the United States alone in about 12,000 patients every year. And usually it happens in midlife, in men more than in women. So it happens in the prime time of uh, people in their life. And it's quite a devastating disease because from the time of uh, diagnosis until uh, the time that the patients actually uh, uh, die, and usually most, if not all patients, will die from the disease. It's actually only as a median Fifteen months, so it's really one of the most devastating type of cancer. And uh, at the time of diagnosis, usually the patient uh, get the surgery to try to resect as much of the tumor uh, as possible. Not everybody can get it resected, but at least that's the aim in the beginning. And then usually the patient will get the combination of radiation therapy and chemotherapy with temodar. So with this triple therapy of uh, surgery, radiation therapy at Simodar, unfortunately, half of the patients will have a recurrent of the disease within six months, which is quite terrible. And from the time that the disease comes back, actually we don't have really good treatment for that uh, condition of recurrent GBM. We do give sometimes a, a more surgery, more radiation therapy. Uh, people give uh, uh, a vasting, but uh, uh, none of these treatments actually show the statistical significant increase in overall survival. So, without any treatment, the median time of uh, uh, to death between the recurrent is about uh, six months. With all the new therapies, it can get to seven, eight, sometimes uh, nine months, but that's the most that uh, we can achieve. So there is a major need uh, for treatment uh, for this disease.
0: Well, there's been some effort to use anti-angiogenic treatments such as Avastin, which are intended to choke off the blood supply of tumors and kill them. How are these delivered, and, and have they provided any benefit for glioblastoma patients?
1: Actually, one of the major things in a brain tumor is that it's actually happens in a closed box of the skull and there is what we call a blood-brain barrier, which actually should protect our brain, but also prevent a lot of drugs to get to the, the brain. anti therapy has been developed for brain tumor, and the, the most common one, of course, is a fasting And it's actually uh, been given to patients uh, through an IV infusion, and it's getting to the brain. The only major issue with it is that it works by shrinking the blood vessels and actually Decreasing a little bit the swelling in the brain, but it has no effect on the tumor itself, and therefore uh, we couldn't show, or the company that developed it, actually couldn't show any benefit in terms of uh, increase in survival. The only thing that they could show that there are some responders because they reduce the fluid around the tumor. And now you can ask yourself a question: Why does the FDA allow this treatment? So in the beginning they allow it because of the Uh, some response rate, and because there is nothing else, and then it was conditionally approved, so the company had to show that it actually really increased survival. And two trials actually failed to show increased uh, survival, but there is nothing else, and therefore it's still uh, on the market. Having said that, uh, at least with uh, uh, our drug, BB-111, which we are developing already in a Phase 2 trial that we were doing, we could show that we almost doubled the survival of the patient with recurrent GBM for about 8 months to 15 months. And that really encouraged us, with the support, of course, of the agency, to go ahead and do a single trial to show survival, which is a trial that we are running right now, the GLOB trial. And it was agreed with the FDA under an SBA that, uh, uh, when we will show survival benefit in this trial, the drug is going to go on the market, and hopefully that will happen uh, quite soon because we are expecting results yep. in the beginning of 2018. Yep. And if indeed we are showing a uh, significant uh, uh, benefit in survival, that would be the first drug in recurrent GVM.
0: Well, let's take a step back. What exactly is BB111? It uses a viral vector to deliver a gene. How is it delivered, and what's actually being delivered?
1: Okay, so, so that, that's a very uh, good question. cp one, eleven: to the doctor and to the patient is a simple IV drug. The patient coming to the clinic and get an IV infusion, like many other drugs uh, for cancer, for about half an hour, and then go home. But this is a very sophisticated drug, because what we are delivering is actually a therapeutic gene that's going to work very specifically in the place and the time that we want it to work. And the way it's actually built is we are using what nature is using to deliver genes. That's basically viruses. Viruses know how to deliver their own genes into cells. So we are using a common flu virus, an adenovirus, that does not know how to replicate itself anymore, so it cannot cause any disease anymore. It's just a way to deliver our therapeutic gene. Our therapeutic gene is actually a deadly gene that's known to kill cells at the expressor. But the uniqueness about this therapy that every gene in our body has an engine for the gene that tells the gene where and when the gene should be expressed. And we have a unique technology with a piece of DNA that actually tells the deadly to express itself only when there is new building blood vessels. And usually in our body we don't build new blood vessels unless we have a tool. So the way this drug is working is actually we are giving the drug all over the body and it goes all over the body. But only at a place where we have new blood vessels it's going to express itself and actually destroy the blood vessel. So one can ask itself so what's the difference between this and for example other anti-angiogenic drugs like VASC? So the problem is that Tumors has many ways to build new blood vessels. And a just work on one of them. And then of course the tumor can use many different ways. But with our drug, we don't care how the tumor is building its new blood vessel. The moment that there is new blood vessels, the deadly gene, we actually destroy them and kill them. More than this, we are not normalizing in any way the blood vessels. We just destroy them and therefore that affect the tumor directly. But if that would have been the only mechanism, that's just half of the work. The other thing that we are doing is actually educating the immune system to fight the uh, tumor. And the way it has been done, it's what we call now, it's a new field in medicine, what we call viral immune oncology. Our whole immune system is geared to fight viruses and bacteria. That's the way the immune system is built. Now, even when you have a tumor and you shut off the immune system, if there is a virus there, the immune system will find its way to get there. And because we are using a virus, and we are actually changing the tumor in the blood vessels, all of a sudden the immune system recognizes the virus, and of course it recognizes the tumor, and therefore we're getting an immune effect on the tumor. So because we are working in two major mechanism on how tumors are actually surviving. One is building new blood vessels. We are not allowing. And the second is avoiding the immune system, and we are bringing the immune system to kill the tumor. The drug is very efficient.
0: As I understand it, this is not a one-time administration, but uh, something that's infused regularly. Uh, Given that you're using a viral vector, is there any issue with creating an immune response that renders the drug ineffective over time.
1: So you're completely right, because we are not trying to put any new gene and you just give it one-time treatment. It's every eight weeks, and every eight weeks we're coming with a lot of the viruses, and we infuse it into the body. So even if you have a lot of antibodies against the virus, the virus managed to get in enough amount to the right place in the tumor. But more than this, the more immune reaction we get against the tumor, against the virus, the better immune reaction we get against the tumor. So the patients that develop high temperature, for example, when we infuse the virus, or patients that get all kinds of cytokine in response to the virus, is actually the, benefit, the patients that benefit more from the treatment. So this immune reaction against the virus is actually very helpful to the patient, to the drug, to actually do, uh, uh, do its work. And uh, therefore, we don't care that the immune system is fighting the virus. We actually won't fight the virus.
0: And is there any issue getting that across the blood-brain barrier?
1: Not really, because this virus know how to infect the brain, so we have no issue at all. And actually, because we are destroying the blood vessels within the tumor, we're actually destroying the blood-brain barrier, and we are allowing the more and more viruses to get there. So it's actually working completely opposite to Avastin because Avastin is actually normalizing the blood vessels and basically normalizing the blood-brain barrier, and therefore, when patients fail Avastin, usually they don't respond to any other drug because basically other drugs cannot get into the brain. It's not the case with uh, uh, the VB111 because we are actually enabling more fluid and drugs to cross the blood-brain barrier. So, for example, when tumors grow after Avastin, they grow in a way that you don't see the fluid. You just see the tumor grows into the brain. With VB-111, you do see a lot of fluid and much less tumor. Of course, the fluid then goes away, and the tumor is much smaller.
0: Targeting newly formed blood vessels is a good thing when you're going after tumors, not so with, with other tissue in the, in the body. How selective is VB-111?
1: So February 111 11 is extremely uh, a selective drug, otherwise we wouldn't be able to give such a toxic gene or a deadly gene uh, uh, into the body and don't get really side effects from the uh, transgene. And the reason is that in normal adult life, you, we don't build new blood vessels. So there are only very small certain conditions that we build really new blood vessels. Even in the times that we don't have enough blood supply, like in a heart attack or in surgery, we don't really build the same type of blood vessels that we do build in cancer, and therefore the drug is not expressed there. Just as an example, we had two patients that needed to get an operation very quickly after uh, getting the drug for another reason, of course, not because of the drug, and both of them recovered completely well, and we didn't get to any major uh, side effect regarding other blood vessels in the body because they are not the type of new building blood vessels that you do see in tumors. So it's extremely specific and actually in the blood we find the virus of course but we cannot find any evidence of the new gene or the drug gene, the deadly gene because it's not expressing the body. Only when we had a chance to do a biopsy from the tumor we could find the gene is expressed in a very high level, so it's expressed only in two.
0: And you you spoke to this earlier, but what do we know from the about the efficacy of the the therapy from clinical trials to date?
1: So we already uh, uh, we're doing quite significant clinical trials in human beings, and actually by now I can say that about four hundred patients already got this drug so far in a, a couple of uh, a, a phase one, and uh, actually four different, uh, or three different uh, phase two trials, and these phase two trials were done both in uh, recurrent GBM, in ovarian cancer, and in thyroid cancer, and what we learned that it extends survival in all indications, so in GBM, which is what we are talking about, the recurrent GBM, as I said before, it actually uh, almost doubles the survival from 8 months to 15 months. We also noted that it actually blocked the growth of the tumor, and that's why. It a, a increase the survival because if the tumor has no blood supply and the immune system is fighting the tumor, then can, tumor cannot a, a really grow. But we are developing for recurrent GBM for a brain tumor, but it a it that by its mechanism on the immune system and on the blood vessels should work in other indications and indeed... In patients with a a late-stage ovarian cancer, which is the ladies that don't respond anymore to chemotherapy or are actually refractory to chemotherapy, we could also show that we increase the the survival from about six months to more than 800 uh, days. And there we could show a significant response in biomarkers and in other uh, modalities. Same thing with thyroid cancer. And in all these indications, we do get a very a nice tail in the curve, or what we call that a significant percent of the patients are actually living for a very long period of time. So just as an example, in this thyroid cancer, where patients were actually failed every other therapy, we do have a group of patients, which is about 30% of the patients, that now are alive for almost four years and actually don't die. And the same thing we could see in uh, some patients in the ovarian and in some patients in a, a recurrent GBM. We have a patient that actually responds to pp 111 our drug, with a complete response. There's no evidence of disease now for more than three and a half years.
0: You've got both orphan drug designation and, and fast-track designation in, in the U.S. and Europe. Uh, you mentioned you're doing this under a special protocol assessment. All goes well. How soon might you be able to take this to the market?
1: So actually, we are expecting the results in the first quarter of 18. and of course, because it's a, a, an event-driven trial, which means that a certain events has to happen, and only when they happen, we are closing the trial, and the longer it takes, it actually tell us patients live longer. So we expect it in the first quarter of 18. but if it will take a bit longer, that would be a very good sign because that means that more patients are alive for a longer time. And I believe that from that point and uh, including submission the whole BLA, we could see the drug sometimes in 2019 on the month.
0: And is the expectation you'd commercialize this on your own or would you seek a partner?
1: Actually, it's an orphan disease, and we could uh, definitely commercialize it ourselves for recurrent GBM, but this drug has a major potential in many other solid tumors. So we are going to be a little bit opportunistic here, selling it ourselves, but also looking for a strategic partner to help us develop it to many more different indications, because it's not going to be just ovarian and thyroid and GBM. We already know from the phase one that there is a good uh, uh, chance that people work in lung cancer, in uh, uh, renal cancer, in neuroendocrine. We actually plan to start the study to where the end of this year or beginning of next year already in lung cancer in combination with VINOS checkpoint inhibitor. So we believe that the potential here is really huge, and therefore we can start selling it for the first indication ourselves, but eventually. It would be good to have a strategic partner along the way.
0: Jorah Ratz, CEO of VBL Therapeutics. Jorah, thanks so much for your time today.
1: Thank you very much, Daniel, for having me.
0: Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week.